Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back to more John Chuckery. We've heard so much about you. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Why so serious? Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Back with you, John Chuckery Show. Halfway home on a Friday. Is that clip in the beginning of this song, or did you just play that clip by itself? No, I worked my producer magic, and I played that at the beginning. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. I was going to say, did they make this song with that clip oh, at no. the beginning? <laughs> I'm just good like that. If you – and you're going to laugh. I'm telling you what's a really good soundtrack is go listen to the Dark Knight soundtrack. Yes. And and the soundtrack is actually really – Hans Zimmer is a master. Actually, Batman Begins is a really good soundtrack as well. Like, it's hard to, like, listen to that music and not get pumped up and want to go fight somebody. Like, it really is. And and the and the, the Dark Knight soundtrack is really good. I mean, the Joker's theme, Batman's theme, Harvey Dent's theme, like, all, all the different sort of mood music with it. It's really, really good stuff. Hey, all the uh, sports music news and podcasts that you want are all free on the Odyssey app. Download it today. And don't forget, dive into history with the culture of baseball's unofficial rule book. Unwritten is a new podcast that's hosted by former players Ron Darling, and Jimmy Rollins' past guests include Gary Sheffield, Larry Boa. Download Unwritten for free on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts here. Well, trade deadline is Tuesday. So Braves, you know, I think are going to make a move. And, you know, Ben Benintendi's off the marketplace. Let me give you some of the names that are being floated around out there for the, for the Braves. Um, one is Ian Happ. Cubs are awful. Happ's a guy who can play... A little bit of infield. He can certainly play left field. Hitting 284 with a 367 on base percentage. Was an all-star this year. Nine homers and enough. 46 RBI on the season. So there's one outfield position. Brandon Drury is another guy that a lot of people think that he's the next best um, available guy as far as outfielders goes. Not named Soto or anybody like that or Otani or anybody like that, but realistic targets out there. Eh, right-handed hitter. You know, a little bit of pop, done it for much average as any other. David Peralta, remember we talked about him last night. Eh, you know, a little bit of left-handed power. At least he's a lefty, played all the outfield positions. Been a while since he's been any good. Eh. Um, well, Thor, that's another guy, Noah Syndergaard. Eh, he's all right this year. He ain't striking anybody out, man. I mean, 29 years old and, and you don't strike anybody out anymore, that's a little bit of a concerning thing when you've been a 10 plus strikeout per nine inning pitcher and at 29 years old you're down to seven strikeouts per nine innings that worries me a little bit about where you know Syndergaard is and all that kind of stuff but eh 
not really in favor of him. Not a great market. And look, I understand last year was the same way. I mean, Rosario and Soler, right? You know, and, and even Jock Peterson to a degree. And and who knows if Jock Peterson's going to be available. A lot of a lot of people that write for the Giants think they should trade and sell some of these pieces off. A lot of other people say that they are still in contention and they want to spend money next year that they should hang on to Jock Peterson and, and try to re-sign him, keep him for the rest of this year and see if we can re-sign him. Honestly, Jock Peterson, to me, I think is better than any of these other selections. Peralta, Drury, Hap, Syndergaard obviously being a starting pitcher. I'm not excited about any of those names. Now, to be fair, to be completely fair, I was excited about Jock Peterson last year. One super excited about Rosario and Jorge Soler, but they play, but they paid immense dividends last year for the Braves, right? Soler, the MVP of the World Series, Rosario, arguably the MVP of the other two series, right? I mean, he was he couldn't get him out. So look, I, I, they're going to do something. It, it may not be a splashy name, and, and I I really do believe when I. It, did you see, Dylan, did you see this trade proposal that was put out there by MLB.com on what it would take for the Braves to get? Um, Shohei? Yeah. Yeah, it was like Michael Harris, Kyle Muller, and then I forgot the two other names. Yeah, let me uh, let me pull it up real quick. But, um, look, it's a, it, it's a big-time proposal. If I can find, uh, let's see here. I know Grant... Uh, I know Grant had it. Let me look at Grant's uh, Twitter page. Um, it's a – here we go. Yeah, from our uh, from Miles Garrett, who, by the way, works at Fox. And uh, Miles is a listener of the show. Like when he did that promotional video, he had me like as one of his like four or five favorite radio hosts. Hey, there you go. So there you go. Uh, Miles Garrett. From, Somebody, from somebody's Live. giving you the respect you deserve. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I don't know how much respect he's giving me, but anyway. Um, all right. MLB put this together for Otani. Ready? Braves get a Tani. They give Kyle Muller, Kyle Wright, Brandon Shoemake, and Michael Harris. Now, they didn't have to give up Strider in that kind of deal. The only problem is this. You'd have to make sure Otani signed a long-term deal with you because he's got one more year of arbitration than he walks. And his arbitration number will be off the chart. But you know as well as I do, you have to sign him long-term. So you're not making that trade package unless you know for sure that he, that's got the Mark Teixeira trade written all over it, right? And and look, Otani is a true difference maker, right? There is no when, – when we throw around these hyperboles of there's nobody like this, there's nobody like Otani. Nobody's like Otani. Nobody's like him. But, boy, that's your future. Mueller – I don't know about Mueller, but Wright, Harris, you know, Shoemaker is the guy that they think – can take over for Dansby if if he leaves, right? So you make that deal and Dansby leaves, you got nobody in your shortstop pipeline. Now you have to go out and overpay for somebody. Um, I mean, look, to be fair, that's the level of players that you have to give up to get Otani because he – I mean, I don't know if he's the best player in baseball, but there is nobody like him. There's nobody that can do what he does. You know, give you seven innings of, of three-hit shutout baseball and hit two homers in a game, right? Nobody can do that. And he was the MVP for a reason. He wasn't just lucky to be the MVP, and he's not just some sideshow freak attraction. He's as the legitimate a superstar as there is in Major League Baseball. 
But I don't know. Boy, that would be that'd be an awfully steep price to give up to give up Harris, uh, Wright, and then give up Muller and Shoemake as well. Given what your team may look like over the next couple of years, that's going to leave you with no shortstop, no center fielder of the future. Um, and then again, you know, I assume that they'll sign Max Freed, but you don't have your number two or three pitcher of the future either. That's that's just probably that's just probably a lot. I'm not saying I don't like Shohei, and I'd love to have Shohei here in Atlanta. That just seems like an awful, awful lot. But you know, anyway. Um, so look, none of these names here at the deadline are really going to get you excited or or get you moving. But this is where I trust Alex Anthopoulos, right? This is where we get into I trust what he's going to put together and what he's going to do for it because I think he'll make the move that they need. And, look, it's going to come pretty quickly because Tuesday's the trade deadline, right? And I don't think they can get away without adding an outfielder. They ain't got nobody that I think is worth bringing up just yet from their minor league system. So, But, again, I don't think they're going to overpay for somebody. And they're not going down the the superstar make a big splash route. You know, I don't think Otani's going anywhere. I think the Angels would be stupid to trade Otani. I don't think he's going anywhere. And I said the other day, I don't think Juan Soto's going anywhere during the regular season. Nationals would be stupid to trade him during the season instead of riding it out and then putting together a value package of what he's really worth, and 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 not have to just kind of roll the dice on some prospects and things like that. So. Again, it's it's going to be interesting what the Braves do and how many moves that they can actually make, right? Because we've talked about their minor league system. While it's not completely depleted or anything like that, you know, you do start to get into what level of prospects are we going off. You know, you've traded away a lot of your high prospects, and I understand that those lists turn over all the time, but, you know, guys aren't becoming high-level prospects in just a month or two period of time. That's years of, of all of this. You know, that, you know, Shoemake's been around for a few years. He was only like the fourth-rated prospect coming in. And I think they've already given up their first two, which were Pache and Waters. I think Muller uh, might have been in their third-rated prospect. So you, you start depleting the farm system, you know, a pretty good bit through all of this. And, you know, what, what, are, you, what are you getting for all of it? You know, Otani's one thing. David Peralta and Ian Happ are other things. And, you know, the other thing is, too, just the control of these players, right? A lot of the control, you know, a lot of having control of these players, and there's a reason why There's a reason why teams want to trade guys, right? Teams want to trade these players because they have some value and they're not going to keep them long-term. So you, you want to get something for them so they don't walk on the open marketplace and all you get is a, you know, compensatory draft pick or whatever for them, right? You want something back in return, especially from a pennant winner, from a team who can win the pennant where you feel like, okay, they're willing to give up something because they feel like they can win now, and this is a guy who can help them, you know, win. But, again, I don't know what the trade market is for Ian Happ and for Ian Happ or Brandon Drury or, you know, uh, David Peralta. They'll probably all get traded, and somebody's, you know, out there, you know, worth it. And they do help fit what the Braves need out of everything, but – whether or not they whether or not they decide to to make that move will be interesting. They will go get bullpen help. I'm a thousand percent thousand percent convinced that they will get bullpen help uh, out of all of it. That they they will uh, that they will go get some guys to to help them out. Even with even with Kirby Yates coming back, 
they will they will get themselves some bullpen help out of all of it because they need more guys. And there's no such thing as having too many bullpen guys, right? You you can't have too many of those guys available to you. So they'll find somebody like that. I'm not sure about starter. I'm not sure about second base. Uh, we got update today. Um, Ozzy's starting to walk around a little bit, doing some work in the pool. Got his, uh, you know, I, I think he's working with he's, – he's wearing a um, walking boot, but also doing stuff in the pool without it. So maybe that's a good sign. Maybe he's going to be back in <clears throat> a couple of weeks or something like that. I don't know. They didn't update the timeline on him, but you could use some help. But outfield to me is just the high-priority thing, and there aren't a lot of great names that are out there. There aren't a lot of things that just excite me. But, again, I wasn't excited about Soler or Rosario, and those guys turned out to be the, the pieces that helped them get over the top and win the World Series. Peterson I liked a lot. I remember being on air when that – and. A lot of people didn't like the Peterson trade. I like Peterson a lot. I think he was, you know, I've always thought he was, you know, a pretty good player. Didn't work out in L.A., but, you know, signed that deal with the Cubs and, and came over here, and, you know, the rest is history and pearls and all that kind of stuff. And there's no guarantee that the, that the Giants want to trade him. Even with him being a free agent at the end of the year, there's no real, there's no real um, sense of for, of a foresuredness. I don't know what other way to describe it, um, that, the, that the Giants want to trade him. It's been talked about him being in packages, but it hasn't been like set in stone like some of these other guys that, yeah, they're going to move on from him. It could very well be that the Giants don't want to move on from Jock Peterson, that they want him there because supposedly they're one of the players for Soto. So if you got Soto, maybe you want to keep Jock, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. But a lot of the names just aren't aren't that expiring right now. And and I'm I'm not super crazy about the Otani trade. I know what you're getting back in return. Just seems like it's a lot of the future to to put out there to to get a player of that caliber. All right. Uh, when we come back, we'll get to that's life. Um, <clears throat> Shakira, have you seen this story? Maybe going to the Huskow, and we'll talk about. I want to talk about this this beef between Keyless and Beyonce because it's getting good. Like Keyless is coming out on TikTok and flip flop and zip zap and putting her opinion out there. Plus our top 10. Chuck Green, the Key Studios. Sports Radio, the game on us.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... 
You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp and refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medela, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Back to more John Chuckery. No, 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 I'm having a good time. Having a good time. Sports Radio 929, the game. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Back with you on the John Chuckery Show. 921, live from the Kia Studios. You know what time it is. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. 404-741-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond Text Line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app is how you catch us when you're on the go. Social media is at 929 The Game. I'm at JMCH316. He's at underscore Dylan Matthews. We'll uh, we'll have a um, rank them coming up at 1040, so don't forget to hit us up with a list for all that. Have you seen this story about Shakira possibly going to jail? Prosecutors in Barcelona are demanding a fine of nearly $24.5 million and a prison term of eight years because of tax evasion. Says that... Um, uh, she was absolutely certain of her in- innocence and decided to let the case go to court, confidence that her innocence would have been proven. They accuse her of defrauding the Spanish tax office of 14.5 million euros over uh, 2012 to 2014. So I don't know what, what period of time that is for her, but basically tax evasion, right? She's got millions of dollars that... Um, that she owes in taxes, that's what they say. She says she paid $17.2 million in, or 17.2 million euros to tax authorities and that she has no debt to the Treasury for many, many years. And they're saying that that's not true, whatever, like that. But they want her to pay a whole crap ton of money and go to prison for eight years. Could you imagine Shakira in prison for eight years? Ooh. No, and, and, I cannot. And listen, here's the thing, right? The tax man always gets you. Oh, yeah. I mean, they going to get theirs. There are certain things you can get away with and certain things you can't. You know, the ta- owing millions of dollars to the tax man will, will, get you, will get you in trouble. Ain't no doubt about it. You, you, will, you will be in trouble uh, at that point. So we'll see. She's going to let it go to court, right? She's going to let it go to court. Now, here's a weird story for you, Dylan. Um, There's been a rash of cow deaths recently, and in, in the meat industry in Kansas, they've had, because of massive heat stress and stuff like that, they've had an unusual amount of cow deaths from heat and things like that, to the point where they've had thousands of carcasses <laughs> that were picked up and thrown in a landfill dump. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Now, normally, normally they they reprocess the carcasses and grind up the bones and do different things and stuff, right? Uh-huh. But they had such a rash of these. They had so many thousands of cattle that had died that they they were overwhelmed. And they say here that 
So many cows died in the unusual heat that facilities that convert carcasses into pet food and fertilizer products were overwhelmed, prompting the state government and cattle feeders to take emergency measures, which is they started loading up these cow bodies and dumping them in landfills. Bet the vultures had a field day. (laughs) Goodness. I mean, crazy. So they got overwhelmed about being able to... I mean, first of all, it's utterly ridiculous. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> the top U.S. cattle feeding companies sent a 1,000-pound uh, thousand carcasses to a Kansas landfill, ready for this, where they were flattened by loader machines and mixed with trash. Ew. <laughs> That that's got to stink. My goodness! Oh, you couldn't. Gosh. You couldn't. Nah, listen, no bones oh. about it. This is what happened in, in Kansas. Gee, not no bones oh, about sorry. it. Sorry. Goodness. Anyway, um, you're on a tear. We're, we're we're moving right along here. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah. Can you imagine like all these cattle die and they just they road grade them and dump them in a landfill? Good, mommy. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. Oh, is there going to be a shortage on Hamburgs? Like, what's I, you going know, that's on good here? Question. I mean, they anticipate a certain amount of cattle dying and stuff like that. That's why they make okay. pet food and fertilizers and different stuff uh, like yeah, that, true. right? So, right. Um, but, yes, it does seem like it's a little bit extreme. All right, quickly, I want to get to this story. I was asking if you've seen this Keyless versus Beyonce. No, I hadn't, I hadn't okay. heard about it until you uh, brought it up. So, Keyless is the girl that sang that song, Milkshake. You know, my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. Uh-huh. And da, 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 da. Okay. <laughs> She's saying that Beyonce... This this what's this new album called? It's called Renaissance. Okay, Renaissance. So the song Remembrance. She's saying that Beyonce sampled it and didn't give her credit or let her know that she was sampling the song. And now she's coming out on her Instagram and flip flop and zip zap and tic tac and and you know wink wonk and whatever else is out there. She's coming out and talking about it that she never she never asked and and even. Even Keyless is saying that it's not so much the money aspect of it, because that's the big thing now is everybody's getting sued for copyright infringement. Like every every song out nowadays is under a lawsuit. I'm telling you, like Olivia Rodrigo <laughs> and all these artists like have had to go back and, and put people on their songwriting credits and give it to them. But she's saying that Beyonce sampled this and never contacted her. And she said she's had other artists that have sampled her music before and have actually reached out and asked and all that. And she's like, yeah, that's... That's fine. She's like, I understand the, the business and all that kind of stuff. You know, if you're not outright stealing it. But she's going after Beyonce saying that, uh-uh. She never came to me, never asked or anything like that. Now, look, let's be honest. Don't you get the sense that Beyonce feels like she's probably above all of these people and can do whatever she wants? Oh, for sure. Yeah, and Jay-Z. Yep, both of them. I promise you, Jay-Z, who's a record producer and everything else, probably already knows, like, hey, you know what? Do it if she cries and complains. We'll cut her a check and be done. Yeah, honestly. I mean, that's what they do. That's what yeah. these artists do. Yep. Make your music and then cut a check and be done with everything. So it's interesting. I'll say that. It's 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 very interesting to see what, what's going to happen with all this. Point. Eric made a, Eric Slaughter, he made a pretty good point. He said it. He said earlier that it was more on the producer. Now, do you put it? You put that more on the producer or do you put more, more of that on Beyonce? Because maybe Beyonce had never heard the song before. Yeah, I agree with you. I, that's the producer. Because they're looking for an angle. Yeah, and I, well, to be honest with you, not just the producer, I put on the songwriters too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the songwriters, I mean, you have to know when you're writing the song if it's 
if you've heard this before, right? Right. I mean, you, you can't. So I put it on the producers and the songwriter, not the artist itself, you know, because she may. I mean, yeah, she's probably heard the finished product. But to your point, she may not know the song. Right. If you're writing the song, you should know. Okay, where have I heard this before? If I'm writing the song, right? Exactly. You should know if you've heard this before. Uh, Mets and Marlins, by the way, looking the highlight tied up at four four. So, and the, and you're right. The produ- producer should be like, hmm, seems like I've heard this beat before or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you, but um, but they don't care nowadays. No, they, they really don't. So, all right, today is National Lasagna Day and National Chicken Wing Day. So. Top 10 favorite spots. You want a piece of lasagna? You want some chicken wings? Where's top, where's 10 places you can go and get one of these things? Bill, the floor is yours. All right, I'll start from the bottom here. At, uh, and I've been to all these places. So at number 10, I'm going to go with a wing place. I'm going to go with a place called The Wing Factory. Yeah, I've been there. Yep, yeah, yeah. There's, f- one in, there's one in Canton over at Bridge Mill. Oh, okay, yeah. nice. It's really yep. good. Yep. They, they actually, I'll tell you what else they have that's really good there. Uh-huh. They're... Um, uh, is it a calzone or stromboli? One of the two. I think it's okay. a stromboli that they have. I've only had the wings. Yeah, so I don't exactly. Know. They, their stromboli is actually really good there too. Okay, there the you go. Factory. So the wing factory can mm-hmm. uh, do you up either way, a little Italian or some wings. Mm-hmm. Uh, number nine, I got the fifty yard line. Now I don't know if this place is a chain. I've only seen it in like it's kind of in the we call it the kind of the hood. Like, not, the, <laughs> not the hood. It's like a little. It's a it's an intersection where, like three counties meet. So Fayette County. Fulton County and uh, Clayton County all meet okay. there. Um, it's a couple minutes away from where my mom lives in Fayetteville. So basically, <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, it's pretty good. Not even gonna lie. So, anyways, it's right there. It's next to it. It's in like a little plaza. Yeah, but those are the best places. Yeah, it I, is. Honestly, I mean, you get you get like a local guy that that can do all this stuff. Those are like the best places to go. I'm mm-hmm. telling you. Have you heard of Have you heard of Club Ritz? The club Club Ritz. It was right. It was no. right next to that club. Okay, a hood. Like yeah. I said. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, number eight, I'll go Hoots. Uh, Hoots Wings is actually pretty good. They they were a, a sponsor of, and this is not just because they're a sponsor, but they're a sponsor of the high school now, scoreboard we t- show. Are we talking about Hoots or Hooters? Hooters. Okay. Same thing. Okay, it's the same thing? Yeah, Hoots and okay. Hooters is the same thing. Okay, because I'm with you. Um, I think Hooters are actually really good wings. Yeah, it's un- they're underrated. Yes, I agree. I think I- they're a little bit better now since they kind of did like that somewhat of a rebrand to yeah. Hoots and Hooters or whatnot. What, or, what, yeah. what, what's that... What do they call them? Like the beat, the beach, something like that. Oh man! But by the way, too, they also uh-huh. have uh, Hooters now. Does don't they do smoked wings now too? Yes, yes, okay. which are good. And we yes. had some of those. They brought us some uh, for the high school scoreboard show. And they oh, were really okay. good. Yep. They brought them where? They brought them here. Really? Yeah. How come my show never gets fed? Uh, I, I I don't know. I would. Uh, I hope. I oh, would, I would wish I, we would get I, fed too. I apologize. I forgot. Sam's running for governor. So <laughs> governor Governor Crenshaw. I forgot. I apologize. You need to come by one of these Fridays. We got some hoops on. Or maybe they just hook my us own up. damn show could get fat. I don't know. Maybe there, there's a novel idea. Yeah, that's true. You hey, know? let's let's get fat. Yeah, I mean, I know, you're never here, I know you're never here for my show, so you wouldn't. I'd be there if there said. was food. You, you said I should come for the Friday football show. Hell, you ought to come for my show, Dylan. <laughs> you ought to come show up for my show every so often. Anyway. I walked into that one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, number seven is this place called The Wing Bar. Wing bar is very good for some I've, wings. I've heard of that. I've never been yeah. there, but I have heard of the wing bar before. Another place uh, in the hood, John Chuckery. Yes. <laughs> but that's where the good food is. Yeah, it is. Number six, this place isn't quite in the hood, but, you know, it still has some hood tendencies. $3 Cafe. Mm-hmm. It's got some good wings and oh, whatnot. Yeah. Um, obviously, top five. Now you got to go JR Crickets. Very good. Yeah. Um, 
gosh, that used to be the only thing that was open yeah. somewhat late here. Mm-hmm. And in this, I'm talking about in this plaza here, um, in this, okay, uh, I'm glad. in um, uh, Colony Square here. They had a JR Crickets here? Yes. There was what? JR Crickets. Why is it gone? Uh, well, that's when they completely renovated the oh, entire thing. Oh, I got you. It was, it was real close to where the W was. They used to have, believe it or not, they had a burger place that served omelets, too. Oh, okay. Um, they had a uh, Moe's, the Chick-fil-A, uh-huh. um, JR Crickets. Oh, wow. And there was like a little snack shop, something like that, over there, too. Well, heck, that's they could have kicked the, the Moe's old, out. Well, yeah, that's what the old mall had. Yeah. Like, all of that was right before you got to the um, the W Hotel. Okay, okay. All right, I guess. I wish J.R. Creeks was still here. But anyways, yeah. um, at number four, now this is a little bit of a, a hole in the, I won't say a hole in the wall, but kind of hole in the wall spot. The only play, the only reason I know of it is because my uh, my mom actually used to work there part-time. It's called Cafe Hot Wing. There's one in uh, there's one in Riverdale, which is the one my mom used to work at, and then there's a one on Terra Boulevard as well. Okay. Um, really good wings, and they got, like, cheesesteaks and all that stuff, but they were known for their – for their wings. So Cafe Hot Wing. Gotcha. As far as lasagna goes, I'll, I got two lasagna spots. Uh, number one, my mom, my mom's house. She makes really good lasagna. Okay, so very good. Very I'll get, good. I'll just, you know, ask my mm-hmm. mom to, you know, if she could hook me up some lasagna and I'll just go pick it up. Here okay. you go. Um, number two, though, for uh, as far as lasagna goes, I have to go Olive Garden. Now, I haven't been to too many, like, Italian restaurants, honestly, but Olive Garden, like, their tour of Italy where you get a little bit of chicken parmesan. Okay. That could get you banned from the show. Yeah. Why? I mean, I may ask you to not come back. I like <laughs> Olive Garden. It's fine. Um, Their tour Italy is amazing. Yeah. Maybe you should tour Italy. <laughs> <laughs> Their chicken parmesan, you get a little lasagna, and then you get – there's one other thing they give you in the tour of Italy, yeah, but chicken, it's three it's, things. It's chicken parm, it's lasagna, and um, is it Alfredo? It's, chi- it's Alfredo. Oh, yeah, yeah, Alfredo. Yeah, fettuccine, fettuccine Alfredo. Uh, uh, d- delicious. Yeah. Could eat that almost every day. And then number one. This is the number one place you get wings from, John Chuckery. If you get wings from here, you could you could you could die happy. American wings and hibachi. Now I know of two spots. I don't think they're a chain. I don't know two spots. There's one in Riverdale and there's one uh, in Stockbridge. Okay, so real hood. Re- real hood. Okay. So it's right next to a Little Caesars. At least the one in Riverdale. Oh, is. nice. Yeah. So I love Little Caesars. Me too. So, so you, you, can, you can get Little Caesars and wings. Yeah, Perfect. Little Caesars and wings right next That's to each a party, other. Man. Yeah, I'm I'm down for yeah. it. Yeah. So. They they're they have these honey garlic wings. They are so so I like good. That flavor. Honey garlic yeah. is amazing. They got honey hot, which is good, and honey garlic. Those are my top your, two what's flavors. Your, what's from your there. preference on just in general your your wing flavor? Uh, I, to, if I'm going safe, I've, like say I never had uh, this place before or a place before, I'll go with either like barbecue or maybe like a medium or mild because it's hard to screw that. Or maybe even like a teriyaki. Are, are you a are you like hot a hot sauce person? Oh yeah, at all? yeah. Are you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, not me. I, I like just, spicy stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I can, can't do I can too only, much. Like I can only go, I can go like a medium or a little bit above, but I can't go like nuclear and. Yeah, I wouldn't go that high. I mean, I, I can I can tolerate like hot, I like hot, and then but okay. nuclear. Once you get to nuclear and atomic yeah. and all that nonsense, I can't do that. Yeah. Like, but, like there are some places that serve sauces that are so spicy, like. It will burn a hole in your tongue and lips and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, see, like, why would you even want to eat that? Because it's not pleasurable. Are, are whacked out, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you when you have to when it's so hot that you have to start drinking milk yes. and sucking lemons, that's you know to kill the acidity because that's how you kill the acidity, mm-hmm. like milk. That's what they tell you, like don't drink water. And stuff water like amplifies it. Right, exactly. Don't drink water or soda. Drink milk mm-hmm. or or like isn't a lemon too? Like like you, yeah, like you suck on a lemon. Yep. You know to to kill the acidity. So. 
All right, very quickly here because we got to get going. I know Wing Factory Hooters. Um, I'll tell you the most underrated place for wings. Okay, Publix. Publix. That's a good call. Publix That's is, a, I didn't even think about that. That's a Publix. great call. That's a um, great call. Wicked Wings, Taco Mac, and their 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 roasted wings at Taco Mac. Okay, Manifique. I'll have to try them. Um, and I'll give you another underrated place. Quick fast chain. If you want quick fast wings, uh-huh. Zaxby's. Yes. And their hot honey mustard sauce. Oh yes, great call. Yeah. But yeah. I like. But from I never had the bone in from Zaxby's. Only boneless. Oh, you've never had bone in wings there? Not at Zaxby's. No. Oh my god. Just boneless. Um, quickly here, Ippolito's, Provino's, Maggiano's has tremendous lasagna. Yeah. And there's a place up in Canton, up in up off of uh, Riverstone Parkway called, and I think I'm pronouncing this right. Perotas, P-E-R-R-O-T-A-S. Sounds right. They have terrific pizzas. They have huge portions of Italian food. I love that place. It's it's right actually right next to the, the sidelines okay. and Dairy Queen and all that's in that same plaza. By the way, uh, the sidelines folks listen to us up there because I went there one time with my daughter and the manager came running out saying, are you the John Chuckman from the radio and all that stuff? So, so will they feed us? Uh, they'll feed me. <laughs> What about me? Hell, that you never show up. I'll be here. If hell, they, there's I mean, food, hell, I'll be never, here. You, you never show up. I'll even I, show up like, on a Monday like, for food. Like hell, I can't even. I couldn't even plan. I'd be like, they'd be like, what day you want to deliver it? I don't know. Hell, Dylan doesn't know when he's going to be here. And this week he worked six days, and he's <laughs> off Tuesday, Wednesday, and he's not here then, and all this kind of stuff. So anyway, when we get back, Tori McElhaney joined us earlier in the show. We'll talk some Falcons football with her up next. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios. Sports right now to the game, Odyssey.com app. And if I didn't think it was worth one single try, I'd jump right on a big bird, and then I'd fly. Attention, adoring fans. Back to more John Chuckery. Hey, folks, how you doing? Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. It is a Friday evening with you on the John Chuckery Show. Hanging out with you here as camp comes along and uh, just keeps on rolling here. Falcons uh, training camp going on. Our, our first appearances out there for the radio station today. Had a chance to talk to my friend here as we head out to the waitfor.com hotline. Tori McElhaney is joining us. Of course, covers all things Atlanta Falcons for AtlantaFalcons.com. And you can follow her on Twitter at Tori underscore McElhaney. And, Tori, we were out there sweating it out today, right? Another day of camp, another day to sweat things out. Oh, truly, nothing says training camp like just sweat, like all the time. Never stop sweating. Well, let's start with, um, and this news was kind of funny to hear this. So Charles London made a comment about the quarterbacks and running with Marcus first, and that's what you have to do because you have a quarterback one and two to run your practices and offense but the media took this thing and ran with it and I just thought it was funny because I haven't heard the head coach say that Mariota's the starter week one haven't heard the OC say it haven't heard the GM say it haven't heard either quarterback say it so I just again I still think we're in a competition aren't we or am I just not understanding what's happening with the Falcons yeah, I mean, I, I think that there is a certain level of competition there, but I don't think that it is any shock at all that Charles Lennon said that. I mean, it, I think it's pretty obvious that Marcus is going to be the starter, I would say, week one. Um, now, do we see Marcus Mariota for every single game over the course of the 2022 season? 
I can't say that for sure, but at this point in time, I think if we were talking about Desmond Ritter being the number eight overall pick instead of the number 74 overall pick, then that's a different conversation. I think right now, you know, essentially what Charles London, I think, was saying was like, yeah, we're going with Marcus first because he's the one that has the NFL experience. He's the one that has the experience in Arthur Smith's scheme. He's the one that has the history with him. And it's not taking anything away from Desmond Ritter. It's honestly kind of just continuing to to flesh out, like, Desmond Ritter as an NFL player and also still keeping that competition in, in the conversation because Charles London even said, like, you know, we want Desmond to keep that con- competitive spirit. Like, just him saying, like, that, oh, yeah, Marcus is the starter right now doesn't mean that that's a forever type of deal. So I think that's kind of where we're at in terms of that. Yeah, and, and I agree with you. Look, I mean, I, I don't think anybody was under the illusion that Ritter's just going to come out and win this, you know, battle in camp and it's going to start. And, and I mean, there's a reason why they picked Marcus Mariota to be the guy. I guess the thing is, is that I, I do think that they want to obviously heavily evaluate Ritter and look, you never know, to your point, I mean, you know, who knows, whether it's the team gets off to a really bad start, whether Marcus gets hurt. I mean, you want Desmond Ritter to be ready to go, that if he has to step in and start playing, that that he's fully capable of trying to not just play, but help you win games. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I think that's the whole point. Like, I, I think we we're talking to Arthur Smith today and you know, Desmond's out there, and there's only, they're only carrying two quarterbacks right now into camp, which I find to be very, very interesting because it's very different than what a lot of teams decide to do in camp because you always want to bring in a quarterback like, you know, they call it like the camp arm. That's, that's essentially what I feel like almost every team does during training camps. But the Falcons, they're not doing that right now. They still have uh, Felipe Franks running almost full-time with the tight ends. So, Right now, it's just Marcus and Desmond who are taking majority of the reps and the snaps. And today, it was really interesting because it was like Desmond's out there running with the twos and the threes, and Arthur Smith is saying, like, yeah, this is by design. We're trying to give Desmond Ritter as many reps as we possibly can to see where he's at and what the command of the huddle looks like as guys are rotating in and out. And I think that's very smart on their part. They're, they're trying to figure out what it is that they have right now. Tori McElhaney from AtlantaFalcons.com joining us here on the WaitForIt.com hotline. And I was going to bring that up. I mean, you know, I was asking several folks uh, at camp today just the idea of do you think the Falcons are going to bring in another arm? So let me ask Tori McElhaney here on the air. Do you think the Falcons are going to bring in another arm? I think it all depends on how much Marcus and Desmond can handle. And that was something that I asked Arthur Smith about. I think it was yesterday. I was like, you know, how do you manage the the reps? Because you don't want to get into a situation where you are overworking Marcus or Desmond to the point of they get to week one and it's like their arms are completely shot. So I don't I don't think it would hurt to bring in another guy, especially if you get to, like, the joint practices and, and kind of seeing – okay, do we need to give guys some time? Like, do we need to give Marcus and, and Desmond some reps off? Like, because right now they're throwing nonstop for two hours or however long practice is. And, and it's, I think it's all going to come down to can they continue to work at that pace, especially Desmond if he's going to be running with the twos and the threes 
for the next couple of weeks. I wouldn't be opposed to bringing someone else in there or if there's a day that they really need a break, like just move Felipe back over to throw some passes and then move him back. Tori, um, as far as the offensive line goes, obviously Arthur Smith talked about three jobs open, and we know that. I mean, there's going to be competition at left guard center and right tackle. There is a – obviously now we move into, again this year, the, the shortened preseason, one less game. Do you think the Falcons want to have – their starting offensive line kind of set going into preseason? Or do you think that they're going to use the preseason in trying to help figure out who is going to be the starters? I think it's the the latter. I I think even though Arthur Smith said uh, on the very first day of camp that, like, that he wants to have this offensive line set sooner rather than later, I still think that there's so much value in seeing an offensive line put the pads on and play competitive football. And we know that that's really, we're not really going to see that full force. We're not going to see live tackling until they do get to those first preseason games. So I think that's a really important step in the evaluation process of who, what five they want out there come week one. I don't think it's something that they have to set before they go into that first preseason game. But I do think it's something that they would want to have set maybe after the second one. I know uh, Patterson's been returning kicks. Obviously, he's been campaigning to get back into that role. I know he wants to break the touchdown record and things like that. I'm fine with it. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I think special teams is an important part, and I think having all of your best guys that are willing to do it and things like that, how open-minded do you think that the Falcons are to legitimately let him go back there and be their regular kick returner, knowing that probably for right now at least he is their RB1 as well? Right. I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see who wins this battle, Arthur Smith versus Cordero Patterson, uh, because even Arthur was talking about it yesterday and, and making a joke about how like you know it's it's like a I think it was CP that said it was like a negotiation process with Arthur but it, jokes aside I I do think that there is something to be said about CP wanting to return kicks and I think more so than last year I feel like the depth at running back is more significant this year and it maybe frees up CP to be able to have more opportunities to do that. I think Damian Williams, Tyler Algier, Quadre Allison, I feel pretty good about where they are and what their capabilities are, that I feel like there is, there, there's not, I think, as much pressure on CP to be the brunt of the load carrier at running back. So I brought this stat up earlier on the show that – there's only since 1999. There's only been one 1,000 yard season by a receiver that isn't named Julio, Roddy, or Ridley. Um, and obviously, the Falcons have done a great job in drafting high caliber wide receivers. And the fact that they've been able to have those guys overlap and stretch out with one another, they're hoping Drake London obviously becomes that next guy in line. But who's going to be that second guy? Do you think that I like Auden Tate and a lot of people like Edwards? Do you think that they're looking at this group as trying to find somebody for the long term that can be this number two complement to London? Or, you know, is that still something that, you know, they they realize that these are guys that maybe just aren't capable of that? And who knows? I mean, I'm not saying we're going to draft wide receiver again next year, but, but my point is just do they have confidence enough in these guys to be a number two wide receiver and provide that kind of buffer with London? 
Yeah, I think so. I think that they wouldn't have brought them in if they didn't think that they were viable options in that way. Uh, but at the end of the day, I don't know how much anybody, if you're not on a long-term contract or you haven't been extended like Jake Matthews or Grady Jarrett, I don't know how safe your job is past this year. So it really is important for, you know, you mentioned Audente, you mentioned Brian Edwards. I would throw Alameda Zacchaeus in there. These are all guys who I think the Falcons are going to heavily rely upon to be to provide that buffer for Kyle Pitts for Drake London. And I, I do go back. I know that Arthur Smith really, really likes Alameda Zacchaeus, and and he really likes scheming for him. He's someone who I think is oftentimes overlooked uh, in this offense, and he's somebody who. It kind of feels like he's the leader of this receiver room, which is really crazy to say after we've had names like what you said, Roddy White and Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley being your true like number ones and your leaders in your room and everything like that. Now it's Drake London isn't like the leader of the the group. That's Alameda Zacchaeus. And so I think that is really interesting too, that dynamic. And so yeah, it, it, I feel like this year is almost kind of like a tryout year for these guys. Like, do you see them long-term helping in the wide receiver room? Last thing for you, Tori, um, the running back spot. And, and I think it's interesting because if this team is going to be a, a more run-first type of offense, which I do think, you know, without Matt, I think it is a run, more run-first offense, they probably need three legitimate running backs. And if you think Patterson's one of those guys, they're obviously going to play Tyler Algier. But I think the battle, whether it's, you know, whether it's Caleb Huntley, Williams, I mean, Allison uh, in the mix uh, as well, do you think that – they're looking at three running backs that have to shoulder the load, or do you think that they're looking more at, like, let's say Patterson and Algier that will take it and maybe one of those other guys is sort of a third down or just a, a change of pace back? Yeah, no, I, I definitely think so. I think it's uh, going to be maybe like a three-headed monster type of deal. I, I think the way that I see it is uh, I think because of the versatility that Cordell Patterson provides you, that guys like Damian Williams and Tyler Algier, they provide more of a traditional back type of look. And so I, I think because of that, you could see the the carries kind of being split up according to, one, what the defense is giving at the time, and two, I guess just like what the game calls for. I think that that is going to be a – I think they're going to have guys who can do certain things well, and so I think that will great in whatever the defense is showing at the time, I think is what they would go with. That's just kind of my opinion and how I look at the room. That could be completely wrong, and I could just be skewing <laughs> whatever. But I, I, I think that's kind of the way that I look at that group is that it could be a more by committee look to that running back room than it was last year. Well, Tori, I'll just say that even if you're wrong, you're always right. So there you go. So follow her. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> it. At Tori <laughs> underscore McElhaney. Check out all of her work at AtlantaFalcons.com. By the way, too, she's got this new podcast, Peas in a Pod. Tori is podcasting. Yeah. Stealing my gimmick, Tori. What the heck, you know? No. Uh, listen, <laughs> check her out uh, on all your favorite podcast platforms is there. She talks with the Falcons defense coordinator and she joined us here on the waitfor.com hotline Tori's always appreciated good catching up with you today we will chat soon here as we go sweat it back out at camp next week absolutely sounds good 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.